much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about defense against cyber attacks. And with me today, I have the CEO of two companies. His name is Jared Hawkins. Jared, welcome to my show. Kathy, thank you. I appreciate the time and uh, appreciate you thinking of me to have me on the show. Oh, that's such a demand for people who are wanting to know what's going on and especially the cyber attacks that we're getting against our businesses, small businesses, home, you know, because a lot of people work from home too now and, um, and have their businesses as well as, you know, big corporations and companies. And oh, this is like a world where it's the news. It's always something in the news with cyber attacks. And um, first of all, before we begin, do you, um, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have two companies you're CEO of. Yes. Uh, my most recent organization is Summit B, cybersecurity firm that we actually work to drive the, the skill set and the need with cybersecurity professionals in governance, risk, and compliance and cybersecurity across the ecosystem throughout the U.S., in addition to that, uh, earlier last year, I also joined another organization, the Cyber Integrity Initiative, which is a nationwide outreach to bridge the gaps in cybersecurity across academia, government, and industry. Wow, that's impressive. I uh, And you have over 20 years experience with cybersecurity, IT or IP securities and all kinds of um, information relating to technology. Yes, much more than uh, than I wish I had, but at the same time, a great deal of experience, a great deal of opportunities that have been afforded to me over the last several decades. Um, but very much an opportunity now in this day and age when cybersecurity is such a front and focus, uh, front and center focused item, and such a big deal to businesses and consumers alike. Uh, I'm I'm glad to have picked the field that I did, and glad to be here because really there are some major challenges and there are some things that definitely need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, as a company, what can they do to prepare themselves for a cyber attack? Is there anything they can prepare themselves for? Because something like that happens? You know, the, the biggest thing, Kathy, for organizations is not so much uh, wanting to be in a reactive state of waiting until the time comes that they need to react to a cyber attack, but instead taking the necessary steps that they need to in an effort to be proactive around what are the security vulnerabilities that they have within their own security fabric. So when we start talking with organizations and working with them, one of the first things that we do is actually come in and we have to gather a baseline assessment. We have to really understand what is their business, what is the industry and the vertical that they work in, who are their clients, and what are the most important things to their organization? What impacts their bottom line the greatest? And then what is it that they become dependent on in an effort to identify if an attacker gets into their network, 
what are going to be the things that they want to target first and foremost? And more often than not, it's those things that can either gain monetary value for their own pockets as, as attackers or those things that can disrupt the business environment as quickly and as, as broadly as possible. So by taking a baseline and understanding where you are today and where you need to go, that's a, that's a first step in thwarting cybersecurity actors and beginning yourself to begin a journey or what we like to call it is the ascent to the cybersecurity summit. That is getting to a position and getting in a situation where you have a transparent look. You can see exactly what it is that you need to be doing. You are practicing what you preach. And at the same time, you continue to improve on those processes day in and day out. So once we have that baseline, we begin to take that journey. We start to understand, okay, what's the score? Where does our score compare to our, our last assessment? And begin to close gaps and deficiencies that we have inside our, our own networks. So interestingly enough, uh, Kathy, over the last several years, I have been very involved in the CMMC program that is coming out of the Department of Defense. Wow. And as part of that program, we we have all come to learn um, thus why you you've even got this uh, topic as top of mind for you on your on your show at this time cybersecurity has become a big concern and the bigger concern around cybersecurity and cyber attacks is that organizations have been held to what we like to call the honor code system it's their responsibility it is their choice to take the necessary steps and precautions to protect the consumers based off of the products that they deliver and the things that they give to them in order to conduct business or you know just even baby monitors the things that consumers will get into and the problem that we have nowadays is that we have run into an issue where financial gain has taken precedence over national security so we see that organizations are are beginning to develop their products and their services through manufacturing, anything you want to name it. They're sourcing from third parties and supply chains that present risks and vulnerabilities. So at the end of the day, we start looking at many organizations that have gone to market with what they refer to as a minimum viable product. And, you know, the days of being able to do that with little to no security controls in place is quickly diminishing. Under the CMMC program, there will be an assessment program. There will be third-party assessors coming in and addressing these concerns and these issues. And as we start to look at it, the CMMC program was something that was developed by the Department of Defense specifically to address the defense industrial base and all the gaps and deficiencies that reside there first. As we start to see other federal agencies getting on board and starting to really understand the cybersecurity challenges that we have out there, we're starting to see that under Homeland Security, critical infrastructure has become a high priority. Um, under FEMA, which is also another component of Homeland Security, we're starting to see that cybersecurity is considered 
one of those major emergency situations where if we lose power to the grid or we suffer a breach that could impact our region, then we need to start planning, not in small scale, but in very large scale for organizations. And so at the end of the day, when we start talking about what needs to be done and, and what we need to follow, the CMMC program actually lays out some very clear standards that need to be met uh -huh. under the National Institute of Standards and Technology. There are frameworks and there are sets of controls and requirements that should be put in place to make you stronger as an organization. Wow. Yes. I also to um, something that's flagging here on my screen. Um, my listeners are asking, what about what can you do about a hacker? How do how do they attack? How are they attacking us? What what can we do? You know, the interesting part is, Kathy. It's it's probably easier to say how are they not hacking us. Um, the okay. only reason I say that, Kathy, is one of the biggest concerns that we have out there at this time and juncture is our supply chain. Okay. So as we start thinking about our supply chain, start thinking about it this way. When it comes down to hardware and devices that we plug into our cell phones, uh -huh. the, the device that we walk around with every day, our computers, our laptops, even the power within our own homes. As we're using those cords, those cables and stuff, where did they come from? What was the supply chain that they originated from? And interestingly enough, if you start looking at the control of those supply chains like Amazon and other places, oftentimes end users have no clue where they came from. There was no chain of custody and nor were there any proper handling procedures as to where those things came from. And at the end of the day, we're starting to see organizations are facing breaches from all sorts of different angles. One of the very common and I would say a little less sophisticated ways of, of breaches taking place at this time are through ransomware, phishing email attacking. Wow. So ultimately somebody just sends an email, has a link or a document in it that um, looks like it's from somebody they know or from another organization that they know. They open it up and the next thing they know is they're locked out of their system. Um, it spreads throughout the rest of the network and they cannot get access to anything that they have until they pay, uh, pay to get released from that. So there's, there's a lot of different vectors and there's a lot of different threats out there. But the first thing is to know and understand where a business is today and where they need to go in the long run. And before you can do that, you do have to assess your current environment. There's oftentimes a lot of little simple things that are obvious that need to be done. But at the same time, there are so many different attack vectors that me and you would probably spend all day on a call together if I went through all of them. And to tell you the truth, I would have to go back to some of my sources just because there's so many that it's hard to it's hard to keep up with all of them all the time. Amazing. There's something else that popped up too. They're asking about what about security, like cameras. You know, you have your cameras on the outside of your house. You have them in your business. Can a hacker get into those cameras? Yes, definitely. As you start to introduce more and more devices into your home, if they connect to the internet in any way whatsoever, yes. If they're not set up on a separate network at your home, 
they can not only get into those devices, but they can begin to get into other devices. In addition to all of that, Kathy, if you start looking at nation states and we consider um, like China, for example. Yes, China. Right? China has no bearing for um, invasion of privacy. And so when we start talking about Let's say they find a target within an organization that they know if they can exploit that target and they can find a way to blackmail or or convince them that they need to help them in one way or another. What do you think is going to be one of the first areas that they target? They're going to find out who that individual is. They're going to find out who that individual's family members are. And then they're going to look to exploit the environments and the opportunities that are presented through all of that, including all the technology that they've adopted into their own homes. So this traditional um, consumption model that we have as citizens is concerning because we have no idea where the source code is. We have no idea where much of that data and much of that information is flowing to and from. So big concern. So at the end of the day, uh, something that all of us need to think about before we bring in a, a, a new vacuum or cameras or doorbells or all of these things, we need to really think about the consequences of the choices that we make and also separating those devices that are considered IoT devices, we need to separate them from our core network where we do our banking and we do other things along those lines. And there are different things that can be done to achieve that. But ultimately, we have to be considering those things in advance of making the purchase in the first place. Where did this come from? How can I trust this source? There's a lot of things, but hopefully that starts to answer your question. Wow. So say, for example, a company has cameras to keep their eye on their their employees, like Amazon, for example, use Amazon because they have a lot of cameras everywhere and they watch their employees so they don't steal anything, you know, that are working at their warehouse. But the same thing, some hacker can be sitting there watching the Amazon person, right? Can it actually be... Um, trying to get into their services. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? Well, what it, what it ultimately comes down to is if you look at who has access to a lot of the supplies within a distribution warehouse, throughout the shipping process, and throughout the entire supply chain, what you're, what, what you're looking at is there is a concern as to how do you know that that equipment, how do you know that those devices, how do you know that those things are safe anymore now that they've never been controlled or handled in an environment to have any oversight? Malicious code okay. can be embedded on them or injected into them. And at the same time, where they get them from, buyers don't realize that as a Amazon storefront, I can go and buy a lot of the product or I can make and produce a product anywhere I want. Then I can throw it up on the Amazon store without any consequences whatsoever with what happens there. So when we start talking about supply chain, it's a lack of control around the security and the requirements that really need to be there. Um, when we start talking about uh, the way that things need to go, Kathy, here's 
here's a common term that's used by Jen Easterly from critical infrastructure is there is a shift in culture within organizations that manufacture and produce goods for consumers. And we as consumers need to hold them accountable to these things. And one of the biggest things is it should be secure by default and secure by definition. Wow. Okay. Okay. That sounds quite interesting. Um, but Okay. I have another question to ask you. Um, there's these grocery stores or places that go shopping where you use your phone to download all that stuff and everything. Say that the store has really good security. They're protecting their, you know, everything in the store and, and so on and so on. But you got some guy walk in, he has no security on his phone or anything. And he goes in and he starts shopping and someone and say that a hacker's watching. Is that safe for the store or is that safe? I mean, it's not safe for the guy who's shopping, but is it safe for the store? You know, if the store has the appropriate controls and everything in place and they have done a separation of their networks and they've done their job and they've also met their due diligence that they need to, Kathy, they should be able to keep that from being an issue or concern with them. Um, it becomes more or less that when you open a door to a bad actor, it's something that we knowingly do without knowing that it's not a good person and, and you know the best analogy that i can put out there kathy is this you know we go through all this effort to lock down our homes secure our homes and keep our family safe right but what about that one friend that your teenager brings over that you had no idea that that one friend was a bad actor well guess what you opened your door you unlocked it you opened it you let him in not knowing that you know, you're going to have money missing out of your purse or prescriptions missing out of the cabinet, out of the medicine cabinet. These are concerns when it comes to cybersecurity. It looks very good. And it looks like when you download an application or different things to your phone, they look like they're harmless. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why the FCC is pushing back on TikTok so hard. And it looks to be something that they're trying to ban for the entire United States, for anybody to even have on the Apple store or the Android store, it's because the data that they gather and the information that they continue to um, not be accountable for where it goes and who has access to it, those are concerns. They're concerns because they put our national security and the personal security of our citizens and their privacy at risk. So repeat that one more time. I'm going to ask so TikTok, we should be, as a no-no, stay off of it. Yes, big no-no. And, and the reason being is because the data requirements around it, if you look at the data and privacy, China owns the parent company and the majority of TikTok. Even though it's an American-based company here in the United States, there is nothing that stops 
China from still exfiltrating the data outside of the United States for their own purposes, whether they're good or wrong. And I bet, you know, most of us can, uh, I know that most of us know that any reason for China taking our privacy and data and using that information is not for good. Okay. Another, another one. Um, so what if you're on Facebook and you're watching, you know, those quickie little video clips that they have, and then all of a sudden the TikTok comes on with their clip. Is that coming in to your home? You know, the, big, the, the biggest thing is not downloading things to your personal devices that you shouldn't be. So before you just go download any application, one of the things that I like to do is look at who the developer is. And I also like to look at a lot of the privacy and data requirements around if I download this app, what can they do with it? If it's very ambiguous and they don't really hit on where my data is controlled and how it's controlled and a few other things, I don't download it. I mean, you know, the funny part is, is we have become a consumer driven generation of I've got to have it and I've got to have it now. But look at how many decades and look at how long we've survived without a lot of this technology right at our fingertips. It's this, it's this case of instant gratification that has turned our culture into um, a very unhealthy, it, it has turned it into an unhealthy situation and circumstances that we act before we think. And now we need to change that culture. And before we do certain things, no matter how much gain or loss we realize is going to come from it. We need to think and we need to be very calculated with the decisions that we make. And that very much includes any of the apps and any of the things that we're consuming. But when we talk about if you're on Facebook and a video pops up that happens to be TikTok, it's not necessarily that streaming that's going to be an issue, Kathy. It's going to be when you try to download content to your computer so or to your mobile device. Uh, I, would, I would be very cautious as to what I downloaded to my mobile device. But if you're just streaming it online through a web browser, you're probably good. It, I mean, there's one thing that I like to say is if there's a will, there's a way. So if a hacker really wants that, you yeah, they'll They'll figure out some ways. Our job is to do our absolute best to avoid uh, that and and really protect those assets that are most important, especially individuals' personal financial interests. So if you happen to access your bank account and things on your cell phone, then you better think very wisely and you better think twice before you go downloading certain applications on your cell phone because they may very well have free reign on other applications that are on the phone as well. They may not be sandboxed. I have something funny to tell you. I um, got hacked and this is years ago and um, I'm taking care of everything. And then my banker, the young lady on the phone, so naive, um, she goes, would you, would you like our app so you can download it? You can check your bank account on the, whenever you want on your phone. And I told her, I said, didn't you listen? I just got hacked. I don't want anything on my phone. <laughs> so it's it's interesting yeah. that she was trying to sell me the you know the bank on my phone, and I said no way. And bad timing. What what kind of timing? You know. Uh, <laughs> and years ago, the security on those applications was nothing compared to what it is today. So. 
Um, but think, yeah, that time you got to take empathy when those when somebody has a breach, it's you got to understand and and empathize with where they are and understand that they're distraught. Uh, there's oftentimes a lot of financial loss in a business or to an individual when they've had a breach. And so uh, that's very interesting. I would hope over years of experiences and even some training opportunities that that organization has changed that policy. But yeah, I can't believe that they try to sell you at the same time trying to resolve your issue. My issue got resolved and then she goes, oh, by the way, would you like <laughs> But she was so young, and I'm like, no, I had to explain to her one more time. And she goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, boy. But the point is, is I think the banks, the tellers, the sell people need to be trained to, especially if someone experienced hacking, or keep them from being hacked, you know, not to put this on your phone. You know, they just need to say no, no, no. And, um, and have good um, protection on your computer now there's a lot of apps out there that will protect you like um you know a few of them that are out there what would you recommend to for someone you know for small business to have to protect their their home computers or business computer from hackers and stuff um when it comes to your personal stuff uh you're starting to see more and more organizations that are in some cases helping make some of uh, their employees' home devices, uh, all-inclusive in some things. But at the same time, when it comes to a business, each one has to decide for themselves what are some of the best uh, security software, hardware, tokens, um, apps, you name it, that would be best suited for their environment. It also does depend on your work role and your responsibilities. So what I would say to an organization is, is, is working hand in hand with somebody that knows, hey, what are some of the best options out there? One of the biggest things is, is we've moved into a day and age where everything's mobile. Everything's a laptop, it's a tablet, or it's a cell phone. Your traditional desktops are slowly dwindling away. And so when we start looking at data and the information and all those things that could be compromised, they're on those devices that are all over the place. And so mobile device management is another big key component of an organization. It is a, it's something that used to be um, kind of a want but now it is mandatory. You must have that. You need to have that in an effort to have full visibility and scope on where all of the company's IP goes and where any other information or security breaches might come into play so that you can continue to protect the organization. When it comes to the consumers, um, you know, they need to do their own homework and they need to look at different applications and different options. Some are free, some aren't free, but one of the biggest things that they can do, and it's not always the most convenient thing because sometimes it breaks stuff, is keep your keep your applications updated, keep them patched, run the updates when the updates come. I know that that doesn't always work out for the best, but at the end of the day, the patches and the updates are there for a reason. They're there to fix bugs. And then they're there at the same time. To me, 
I don't want a bug. To me, that's a security vulnerability anyways. Okay. So even if it's fixing bugs, it means that it's also patching holes and vulnerabilities within that application or within a system that needs to be. And so they're trying to do their best effort. So as consumers, the best thing that we can do is do those updates when they become available and do our best to stay on top of them. It's oftentimes those that have gone for long periods of time and they're outdated and they they leave back doors open for bad actors to get in. Um, yeah. Okay. How will, you know, how can we protect ourselves from, from being like we've already been attacked from the hacker? How, what, what do we need to do? If I was a company and I, you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, we weren't, we've been hacked. You know what I'm saying? What? Oh, you're, you're saying, how would you, how would you respond Recover. to Recover. a current? Okay. You know, first of all, uh, Kathy, it's like I mentioned earlier on, you need to begin to assess and prepare for the time when these events will take place. Okay. And you need to practice in between the times that you've assessed and you start to put the plans in place. You need to start practicing tabletop exercises. Oh. And you need to be going, going through those exercises with your team to determine how are we going to act, who is the chief, and who are the Indians, and how do we go solve this problem that we have, whatever it may be. And you start to also uncover during tabletop exercises gaps and issues with the plans that you have. But initially, get your plans in place during the assessment phase, determine what kind of incident response plan you should have in place, and then put it in place and practice it. And then when the day comes that you do have an issue arise, you're already going to have the answer to those questions. It won't be a mad scramble for uh, what do we do? It's gonna, it's gonna be more. Uh, it's gonna feel much more natural, just like muscle memory does. When we practice how to swing that golf club, after years of experience, it just comes naturally, and we do it. Whether we're good or bad, that's a completely different story. Um, but at the end of the day, it is going to become natural. But this is something that we need to now put in to our regular risk management and life cycle management framework of the business and be prepared when these instances come up. Wow. Okay. Need to know that. Let's go back to something that happened maybe a couple of years ago. Remember when, um, uh, what's that coffee place called? Um, Starbucks got hacked. Remember that? And it all, it was just about all their data and everything just, it ruined everything. They had to shut down. Or it was vaguely yes, I do remember that they were out for a little while. I I don't remember that one in detail. I don't think I actually investigated that one in any way, but there have been some others very familiar with similar ones. Yes. And what what about the airlines? Yeah, there's a thing with the airlines too. They also got hacked, and um, I shook yeah. my head like, "What's going on out there? Is it the software that they're not putting correctly in, or?" I don't know. It just made me mad. That'd be scary. You know, at the end of the day, Kathy, the the hard part is, is these are large organizations that the bigger you are, the harder it is to close all the gaps. The other thing is this. Okay. This wasn't coincidence. 
It was purposeful, and there were too many other coincidences with the railroad, with the airlines, and all of these different areas that would fall under transportation and critical infrastructure. So at the end of the day, as we start to look at what we need to do, we need to begin to shore up our deficiencies. But again, the only way that we're going to understand where our gaps and deficiencies are, we have to begin to assess ourselves but we also have to assess ourselves utilizing professionals that know what in the world they are talking about and what they are doing. And we need to follow frameworks and we need to follow standards that all of us are familiar with and that all of us can work together on in an effort to lift together and move forward together and make a difference as a united team and as a united front throughout the country and throughout the world against all these adversaries. What an education. You know, I want to continue this interview for in June. Is that okay? And bring you back with more, you know, cyber security, you know, how we can protect Definitely. ourselves. I would absolutely love that. And uh, let us know your website. How would someone get a hold of you? Or, you know, you never know. A company may be out there saying, hey, we need, you know, change our cyber security um, protection here. Or, update yes definitely there's a couple let me give you our website it's uh summit s-u-m-m-i-t dash v dot com and you can always look me up on linkedin jared hoskins uh and i'm the one with the photo with lots of followers i i noticed recently that there's been a duplicate account very common in our world, but yes. yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn or reach out to the, on our website. You can actually fill out the contact us form and either myself or another team member will definitely reach out to help you and talk you through, you know, what needs to happen, how to assess your own organization and begin really empowering you and your team to build up your own security operations. It's important that we remember that as as a country and as a team together, we need to empower one another to grow and build and get better. This isn't something where there's a one size fits all. It's a matter of teaching and empowering and enabling others with the ability to make the difference in their own organizations and for themselves personally and future generations. So in addition to Summit B, if anybody's interested in getting involved with the Cyber Integrity Initiative, if you can just Google Cyber Integrity Initiative. It'll be the first thing that pops up when you Google it. Uh, across the country, we're working with governments, states. Uh, we're working with the U.S. Small Business Administration. And we're working with industry. And we're working with many academia institutions to help bring a lot of the tools and resources to the community that they need following the same framework uh, so that we really can begin to make this difference in cybersecurity uh, resources, tools, and awareness. Yes, we need need awareness big time. And I like put out awareness for the small little business because they're the ones that make the bigger businesses. But anyway, the small companies, they need help, you know, with their cybersecurity to protect them so they don't get taken. You know, yes. people may say, I hear people, people may say that there's always a big companies that get it. No, little companies get it too. 
they get hacked and they get their money taken or out of their bank or banking business account. Yes, I've heard stories. So, um, you I'm know, sure I you actually was listening to something this morning from CrowdStrike, and I think it was CrowdStrike was mentioning a statistic from uh, from the Verizon uh, cybersecurity breach report. And at the end of the day, 80, there's a good chunk, like 80-ish percent of small businesses have suffered a breach. And in many cases, Kathy, they still don't know that they have a breach or that they have a hacker within their network. There are so many challenges and so many things that we need to deal with that um, the best we can do is one day at a time, one one tool and resource and everything we can after it. So that's why I really appreciate you giving me the time to be here to do this and help hopefully spread the word. And even if uh, all we do is make an impact on one business, that's, that's one that hopefully will take what they learn and translate that over to many other small businesses. And it will be a multiplier for generations to come. Right. Yeah. It's so sad, this world we live in. I was telling somebody, remember the day when we used to just pick up a phone? <laughs> Make a phone <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, you bring up a great point, Kathy. What I would say is this. We do live in a challenging world, but for all of us that know and are aware of these things, don't, you know, I, I, I say, don't put on the tinfoil hat. Don't go hide in the bunker. Don't run away. Right. We need to meet this head on and we need to work together. And we all need to stand together in an effort to build a better future for our kids and everybody else. Right. And our businesses. Yep. So that we can go in yep. and, and protect. And I'm going to repeat something that you said earlier, just as a repeat. Okay. For my listeners. Now, say that you got the, the best, you know, good security in your home to protect your family, but your son or daughter brings in a teenager <laughs> and she comes into the, he or she comes in home and they download something that's a big no-no. Would, does that affect the entire home? Well, the analogy that I was actually using, Kathy, was not so much what they bring into it, but just think about what it is that everybody downloads. You work so hard to protect burglars from getting into your house. Well, many people don't realize that they may have a burglar or they may have a hacker right there on their phone or they may have somebody they bring into your home. And as soon as you do allow them on your own internal network and you allow them into that, yes, you've now exposed uh, everybody else that's on that network and doesn't have different authentication methods set up to protect their devices or to protect their information and data. Yes, it can be a concern. So it's, it's very important to remember who, where, what, when, how, and why. So for like when I have guests at my home, I actually uh, have a guest network set up completely separate for them because what they do on their phone outside of my home, I have no idea. Wow. Okay, I can, I'm going to do that for myself too. I think that's a smart. Thing. So have a guest network. And when you have that guest, so it doesn't affect with your stuff. That's a good idea. Correct. Perfect. And start to even separate out, Kathy, the things that you don't know if they're secure or not, like your TV. We don't know if the TV meets the security requirements and it's an IoT device. Put them on a separate network SSID 
So they're not on the same one that you conduct business on, like log into your, your bank accounts and stuff like that. Start separating them and create a couple of different networks just to protect yourself. That's kind of a simple thing that can be done okay. to keep things separated out just in a home environment. Okay. Okay. This I want to continue this topic because I want to have you talk about this and you'll be back in back on my show in June. I want to talk about the um, in-home security, like your phone, like your TV and how to put that on a separate, because now you, we're getting um, in Utah here, we're getting um, Google Fiber and then you got Google Fiber and then you have the um, um, Xfinity and some others out there. So, you know, we'll talk about how, you know, how to protect ourselves. From being on all those servers and stuff too as well sounds good to me and i'm uh, happy to be back in june okay more on cybersecurity coming june 2023 with jared hawkins he's ceo of two make you know big companies out there and i am grateful and honored to have him on my show and we will be continuing again in june and thank you so much jared for coming on and you have a great and fabulous evening thanks Kevin. for tuning in you have a great day bye-bye